from sadhana bhakti the goal of sadhana bhakti is baba bhakti and baba bhakti is a ray of the sun of prem premasu yangshu samyabhak as such it is not bhakti in practice and it has emotive content as opposed to sadhana bhakti which has active content wherein bhakti takes its place her place on our senses and engages them. And the imitation of a good thing is a good thing, they say sometimes. So, to go through the motions and, of course, learn the teaching, gather some mandagyan and so forth, that will fuel our practice until emotion comes. Of course, there'll be some emotion, some grace in sadhana also, but in bhava bhakti, then, this is not sadhana bhakti. Hmm? So, emotive component of bhakti is fully operative. Anukulena krishna anushilanam bhakti root anushilanam As we know, the verb, verbal root or the word shilanam, shil means, implies these two things. An active and a contemplative, if you will, or outer and inner component to bhakti. So in bhava bhakti, this inner component is in place, and therefore it's no longer bhakti in practice, but it's not bhakti in perfection either. It's a ray of the sun of prem, which is the perfectional stage of bhakti. So it has elements of sadhana, because there is a culture, an ongoing culture and practice in bhava bhakti, but it's different, in a sense, from sadhana bhakti, although similar, but it's different in that the inner life and inner cultivation is is active in a way that it's not, or in a measure to which it's not, in sadhana bhakti. And while it's different from sadhana bhakti, it's also different from prema bhakti because it's, again, only a ray of the sun of prema. And so in bhava bhakti, you have the the bhava ankur, the sprout of bhava, and it reaches up to the point, and that bhava means stai bhava. now, when that stayibhav becomes perfect, by the admixture of the other ingredients, bhavas, then the differentiation between them is lost in their merging with in one another, which we call and call and we call bhakti rasa. So this is the perfection of the Stayibhav. Stayibhav has two stages. Hmm? The, only the sprout of that. Hmm? And that's why we'll hear later on in the chapter, we're reading from Rupasami, Prabhupada's Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, that hmm, there may be possibility by offense in Bhava Bhakti that the, 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 the Stayi can, can change or can turn into only a shadow of Bhava. 
we think that's hard to understand because Daivav means the, the dominant emotion, the, the emotion that defines the devotee as a friend of Krishna, as a lover of Krishna, and so forth. Mm. It's the basis of the whole world of Rasananda. Mm. And it's not that you change from one Stahibhav to another. Mm. But if it's only in the budding stage, mm. it needs to be cultivated. And if it's not cultivated, and we, uh, by chance, by it, it's very, very seldom rare, but it's possible that by offense, there are examples. Examples there of whom? In uh, this um, Rupa Kabiraj, Mm-hmm. said to have made an offense. He was holding a Bhagavad discourse. Devotees were assembled. One Mataji was there and listening to the Bhagavad discourse and chanting. Mm-hmm. And he said, you should not chant while hearing the Bhagavatam. Obviously, you're not paying attention. So she said, no, I can't stop chanting. I've tried, but I can't. My tongue is just moving. So he dismissed her and uh, made offense to someone who actually couldn't stop her tongue from chanting, who had realized the Bhagavatam in a sense. It was a catastrophe for him, and the whole Upasampradaya was uh, sprouted from Rupa Kaviraj. Mm-hmm. Later, his deviation was pointed out by Vishwanath Chakrabhati Thakur. Mm-hmm. It was a question as to Rupa Goswami's verse, Seva sadaka rupena sadu rupena chatrahi. One should serve Krishna in the sadaka deha and the siddhad, internal siddha deha. Hmm. So Rupa Kaviraj was thinking, therefore we should do the services of the gopis in our sadaka deha and our siddha deha. But Vishwana Chakrabhitava pointed out, no, we should do the services exemplified by the gopis in their sadaka dehas, when they appear as the Goswamis, for example, they weren't acting like gopis, they were acting like sadhus. Hmm? In their sadaka deha, their practitioner's bodies, if you will. They had, of course, perfected practitioner's bodies. Nana, shastra, vicharana, kinupano, saddharma, some stuff. What is it? Um, other verse, Chad Goswami Astakam. Hmm. They were chanting a number of rounds regularly. They forgot to eat and sleep and so forth. Hmm. They weren't acting like gopis. <laughs> they were acting like sadhakas, perfect sadhakas. So in our sadhaka day, their example should be followed. That will beget a siddhadeya in due course that will be cultivated in bhava bhakti. I often say that people want a, sa- a siddhadeha, but they don't want a sadhakadeha. <laughs> the guru gives a sadhakadeha, the practitioner's body, by giving us mantra, name, and so forth, and parameters within which to live. Hmm? And our life is meant to orbit around that. So this is no longer a conditioned soul, in a sense. It's somewhere in between. He's a sadhaka. She's a sadhaka. Hmm? That sadhaka body, deha, needs to be perfected so that the senses that the body's made up of, as I said the other night, are only in touch with sense objects for the purpose of satisfying the senses of Krishna. This is bhakti, after all. Rishikena rishikesha sevanam bhakti When our senses are engaged in the service of the senses of Krishna. So, people want a siddha deha, 
but they don't want a sadhaka deha. Hmm. They don't want to do the heavy lifting of of uh, withdrawing their senses from sense objects, and it's all based on an enjoying exploitive ego that we're possessed of, and converting that into a serving ego. Hmm. You see, when you exploiting ego, the conventional ego, I am American, Indian, black, white, whatever may be the case, man or woman. This is a particular perspective, obviously, that um, through which we see the world, the objects of the senses, as things to enjoy within the context of our sense of self. Hmm? So they are not cooperating. <laughs> Yeah. It's understandable. We have a very small perspective. They have, a, they have another role in the mind of God, if you will. So we, we take the life out of things by this um, enjoying ego. We don't allow things to have a life of their own, if you will. Like we talk about the, the animated nature of the spiritual world. Hmm. This is why it's animated, if, if you will, because there's no exploited ego. Hmm. So, anyway, the conversion, right, from the enjoying ego to the serving ego. This is the hard work. Once I was in Sri Navadvip Dham at Chaitanya Saraswat Mat, one of my godbrothers asked Pujapad Sridharmarsh, who he was visiting there and spending some time, he asked for some service. And so Sridharmarsh thought for a minute, he said, yes. He said, uh, try to change your angle of vision while you're here. <laughs> Now, you know, picking up after the cows or washing dishes or something, it was a lot easier <laughs> to go through the motions and actually change your angle of vision. But that's what it's all about, actually. And that's the heavy, heavy lifting. And so we want a, we want a citadel, but we don't want a sadhakadeya. We don't even want that citadel is full of all these ecstatic movements, anubhavs, sattvika bhavs, uh, are ex- are, appear external, the uh, sanchari bhavs, uh, internally, and so on. So it's a whole world of ecstasy. The picture that Rupa Goswami has painted, a whole world of ecstasy. Everything is ecstasy there. Hmm? We want all that movement, astasatpikobikar, such transformations. But with our sadhakadeya, we're not even flexible enough to train out a piece bow our head. That's why we have heard in our previous class where Rupa Goswami explained how Bhava Bhakti is attained two ways, by sadhana and by kripa. And he explained, of course, two types of kripa, that of the devotee, that of Krishna, and from Krishna, three types within that. And what did he say about sadhana? What is sadhana? How, by what kind of sadhana will we attain this Bhava? What did he say? Hmm? Nishta, yes, that kind of... That will beget Ruchi, that will beget Asakti, that will get beget Baba. And Mahabharu says the same thing. He says, This is Nishta. Kirtaniya Sadahari. The devotee is fixed. He's firm and he's very flexible at the same time. Firm in commitment and conviction, 
but very flexible because the rules and regulations have now turned into realizations. There's no longer a black and white picture of what it is. There are many shades of gray, many meanings. The road, as I say, is straight. It's not curved anymore. In Anishta Bhajana Kriya, there's a learning curve. There are ups and downs. But Anishta, intelligence is fully committed. Understanding of the the goal, the shastras, is is, um, in place, and the road is straight, but it's, as I say, what? Wide. It's not narrow. It's straight, but it's not narrow. It's very broad. Hmm? One's humbled by the prospect that lies ahead. As we enter into the embrace of the infinite, we feel finite. Hmm? But it feels okay, because he's infinitely, what? Affectionate. Yes. It's okay for the finite to be in the embrace of the infinite. Sounds a little daunting at first, but he's infinitely affectionate. So, from this kind of sadhana, it means bhava will come in due course. If the if the sadhana remains in anishta, up and down, it's, it's not going to come. <laughs> so, so this. Sadakadeha has to be perfected. And as it is, proportionately, then then there's prospect of a siddhadeha manifesting. So use your sadakadeha wisely. Shed every, in the words of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthita, be prepared to shed every drop of blood in the service of Mahaprabhu. Live for that alone. This is how, what the sadakadeha is about. Then, surely, Surup Shakti will be. They're not. She's the uh, Surup Shakti is not blind, hmm? and and also not stingy. Very very generous. So she so will make a way in a prominent sense into the heart. And this is of course Baba Bhakti Sudasatma Visheshatma Prema Suryang Susamibhak. Hmm? The ingress of of Ladini and Samvit. Now, this ingress, as I say. It comes first as the sprout. So the sprout of bhava. Hmm? Bhavankur. And this comes up in the verse tonight. Hmm? Uh, he says, Chata bhavankure jane. Hmm? And he says it's what? The, the birth of the sprout of bhava hmm? in a person is identified by various symptoms. And it's not falling on the ground and swooning. And there was a case like this like early on in Prabhupada's mission in England where some Indian fellow attended the kirtan that the devotees were having. And to pretend the kirtan started, he would fall on the ground and swoon and roll around. and So, so they didn't know what to do. So they wrote Prabhupada. And Prabhupada wrote back and said, kick him and see what happened. <laughs> of course, he was upset with that. And that was the end of that. So. So uh, imitation is is not always a good thing, <laughs> right? So that's the other side of that. We are to follow, not to imitate. Hmm. So um, this is very instructive because he's going to list here a number of uh, symptoms that we can look for, which will be the sure signs of that the sprout of bhava has come. Hmm. Prabhupada refers to him in his nectar devotion as the preliminary symptoms of bhava. Hmm. 
Bob is there, but not fully there. It's in a sp- only just sprouting, and these symptoms will come. This is very, very useful for us. As I've said before, uh, when well, we take, for example, the, the verse of the, Go- that the Goswamis are most fond of citing with regard to describing the guru, tasmat guru prapadyeta jignasu shay utamam. Shabde parecha nishnatam brahmani upashamashrayam. Tasmat guru prapadyeta. Therefore, those, one should take shelter of the guru who, tasmat guru prapadyeta jignasu shay utamam. No uncertain terms. The verse describes the, the character quality of the disciple, jignasu shreya uttamam, in the words of Prabhupada, who wants to make a comprehensive solution to the problems of life. He's not trying to treat a cancer with a band-aid. Hmm? Hmm. A comprehensive solution. Hmm. Take some courage to, as a friend of mine said, walk into the mouth of Agasura hmm. with confidence. <laughs> That Krishna will protect me. This is this is Sharanagati. Akshikshatri Vishvashvo Gopritve Varanam Tata. And this is for Sadhana Bhakti. That will beget this 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 pave the way, if you will. Cleanse the heart for Bhava to enter. So he says what? Jignasu Shreutam that the disciple who probably used to say, not everybody needs a guru. Again, only one who wants to make a comprehensive solution. So Jignasu Shreya means who must, makes an inquiry into the Shreya Uttam, ultimate good, this earnestness, wants to know the, the, the whole truth, hmm? not the part. And he or she wants to know the truth, not to just know it and say, ha, ah, good, and go on with my life. I wanted to know the truth and I found out now I get on with my life. Not like that. Not in theory. Not in one ear and out the other. Or not in the ear, just to circle around in the head. Hmm? And be spit out every now and then on somebody to make yourself feel better than them. Now, to go into your heart and change the heart. Hmm? Again, this is the heavy lifting. Hmm? So, Jignasu Shre Uttamam. This is the disciple. And... The guru, Shabde Pare Chanishnatam Brahmani Upashamashram. This is very practical. Shabde Pare. So Nishnatam, he or she, the guru, is acquainted with the theory, with the Shastra. Bhakti Shastra. Shabde Pare. Pare means it, it means acquainted with the theistic conclusions. Can, you can take monistic conclusions from the Shastra also. Hmm? Um, but with the, the this verse speaks of theistic, subde pare, chanishnatam. And as the Gita says, what does Krishna say at the end of the Gita? Those who worship me, study this sacred conversation, worship me with their intelligence. Hmm? Madhusudan Saraswati, who was actually a Mayavadi, hmm? who was a contemporary of the Goswamis, and from Bengal, and never met Mahaprabhu, wrote Bhakti Rasayana, a book about rasas and so forth, to, to try to, and he had so much love for Krishna, it's incredible, although he thought Krishna was uh, ultimately near Vishesh. It is love for the so-called Saguna Brahman. It's amazing. 
to read. The Goswamis cite him in their commentaries on the Gita and sometimes in Bhagavatam. Anyway, he was a jnani, so he, he made the point that this verse of the Gita is saying, who studies this sacred conversation with their intelligence in every way, every word, every syllable, inside out, upside down. This is, this is, this is, Shabde Pare Chanishnatham, who had, this is their preoccupation. Hmm? They're living in the books. You have to have the book Bhagavatam, and what does Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami say? What else? Person, Person Bhagavatam. In his commentary on his Namaskar verse, Bandeshi Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Sohodita Gaudadai Pushpabanto Chitro Samdo Tamonado. He says, Gaud and Nitai, they give the Samdo, the greatest blessing. Hmm? And it, Tamonado, it removes all the, the darkness, the Kaitava, Dharma Projita Kaitavotra. Hmm? The darkness of, he says, Tarnam, its name is. Kaitava, I call it hmm, Dharmartha, Kam Moksha, Vansha, desire for all these things. Hmm? Hmm. Ours is what? Panchama Purushartha, fifth goal of life. Hmm? Gopali, what is it? Gopala Upanishad. Turyatita, Gopala. Hmm? Turya means the fourth, beyond. Ours is the fifth, beyond the fourth, beyond dreaming, sleeping, and waking. That which can't be spoken about, or which is ineffable. Hmm? The undifferentiated absolute, we go from there, to the differentiated, the fifth. And he can be talked about, but he not enough can be said about him. Hmm? This is the difference. Hmm? So, the guru, this verse says, is acquainted with this theory hmm? in great... It has to be in order to... Because faith, which is our eligibility to tread the path, means shastriya shraddha, faith in the shastra. Hmm? There are some things that cannot be understood outside of revelation. You could never come up with Krishna the Supreme Personality of Godhead, <laughs> without Shastra. It's just impossible. Hmm? That's an example. And there are other things, too, hmm? that, cannot, that don't fit between the ears, if you will. We, and those, particularly, are the subjects of the Shastra. Shastra may speak about other things and so on, relative things. And there is an element of relativity in the Shastra, too, as we know, Bhakti Vinod has explained. And, and as Shastra is written for time and circumstance, Jiva Goswami makes the argument that the hub around which all the texts orbit is the Bhagavatam. Any statement in other scriptures, other Puranas, that, that contradict the Bhagavatam, those statements would be rejected. So they have some relativity in Shastra. Hmm? Hmm. But there's, there are absolutes as well, and it speaks ultimately about that which could not be known otherwise. So we come to... This is faith that I accept that I cannot know comprehensibly with my intellect. Shabd, what is that? Tarko mm. pratishtanat. By argument alone, by reason alone, you never get any real standing. Mm. It's a good argument, actually. The idea is that for being perfectly happy, you need perfect knowledge. 
as to how to act. And for perfect to attain perfect knowledge, you need a perfect method. And this is the perfect method. Because if you fold your hands like this and approach the world, if you will, reality, submissively, rather than try to conquer everything, bring it in the fist of your intellect, then it is said, what? If you love someone, they'll tell you all their secrets. Material nature itself will point you in the right, right direction. Bajahure mana srinandanandana abhai charanara bindure. This is a nice song. Gurindadas is said to have worshipped material nature in the form of Durga. She sent him to Govinda. Instead, understanding his, his heart, this song came from that. Bajahure mana srinandanandana abhai charanara bindure. So, the guru is acquainted with the argument of Shastra and our faith in such, in revelation, this is the principle, that if the finite wants to know the infinite, how will it be possible mathematically? How can the finite understand, which means to apprehend, if you will, to grasp, to control the infinite? It's not possible. But, then again, if the infinite, out of its infinite capacity, wants to reveal itself to the finite, then the impossible becomes possible. So in his world, from his perspective, to use Prophet's language, quoting Napoleon, actually, that impossible is a word in a fool's dictionary. Hmm? So the idea of revelation is, is, is the, the principle Involved, it's a very sound principle. <laughs> we, we're small, even if you want to look at the natural world. We used to think, I mean, I mean the, the Western community, intellectual community, scientific community, that there was one galaxy. I think. Then they sent a telescope out there, named Hubble, and they found something like I don't know, five hundred thousand galaxies. Right. So where, where does it end? It, it really, it doesn't. It's not like you go so many thousands of miles, millions of miles into space, and then it turns into the spiritual world. No. Uh, finite is a material conception. Maya, the word maya also means to measure. So the attempt to measure, to, to, to conquer it, it means. Hmm? This is maya. Hmm? This attempt, nature will hold back, won't show her secrets. God will not reveal himself. So, if you love someone, they tell you all their secrets. That's very practical. Hmm? So, this is a, a powerful approach. Hmm? How can the, the king is mounting his horse to go and conquer another nation. Hmm? But he's late for the appointment because his daughter wants to ride a horse. Hmm? And he's on his four knees, or his hands and knees, and she's riding on his back. He's become a horse for her out of affection. She's conquered him. He's the king. He's riding off to the battle. And there he is on his hands and knees for a few minutes. Okay, I'll be your horse. This is, this is, this is Krishna. We were speaking earlier today. Drive my taxi. Taxi, taxi, Arjuna is saying. 
Come, drive it up like this. Krishna's obediently followed. It's the whole essence of the Gita. That Krishna is conquered by bhakti, by love. That it means Krishna. Hmm? Krishna is a plaything in the hands of Vatsalya, in the hands of Sakya, in the hands of Madhurya. Hmm? And these are the real forces in the world, not gravity and electromagnetism and so forth. Hmm? These are the forces of the subjective world, the real world, and this is what the Goswamis are writing about. So, acquaintance with all of this, theoretically, first of all, this is required, because faith, in order to tread the path, means faith in, in, in revelation, and the principal form of revelation is the Shastra, of course. Hmm? Of course, it needs to be explained. So, yes, we need the two Bhagavatas, the book Bhagavatam and the person Bhagavatam. Hmm? Kabiraj Goswami says, This Gaur and Nityananda, they remove the darkness of ignorance from the heart, and they give the highest wealth, and they do it by bringing us in touch with two Bhagavatas, the book Bhagavata and the person who lives in the Bhagavata. This is Shabde Pare Chanishnatam, who's living in the book. Hmm? This kind of person. Hmm? That person can help us to grow the faith in the very principle of, of revelation. We can voice arguments and he can cite, she can cite the scripture and the logic of it, the yukti, the shastra yukti, and uh, in time and circumstances and keep it alive and so forth and keep our spiritual life alive. So this is an observable symptom is my point. The Goswamis have selected this verse to describe the guru and the disciple because with regard to the guru in particular, it speaks of observable s- symptoms, something you can look for. So, who is who is thoroughly acquainted with the scriptural argument? Shabde pare, from a theistic point of view, shabde pare to and brahmani upasham ashrayam, who's upama upam ashraya, upama ashraya, who is who has has risen above the human passions. This is. Supernatural. As I say, often, this is supernatural. People want to, don't believe in the supernatural, but hmm, if someone can rise above the human passions, and this is, this was a very, this is a very interesting uh, point with regard, let's say, to Srila Prabhupada. There were many gurus that came to the Western world in the 60s and 70s from India. Hmm? There was a list of them. And they formed missions and centers and so forth and so, and so on. And there's a whole list of of things that they shouldn't have been doing, also, unfortunately. I mean, they, they, that's not to fault them entirely, but that's not a position they weren't they weren't necessarily bhaktas either. So it's it's more detrimental. If a bhakta has a fault, a pichetsudarachoro, but you demamananya bhakta. And this will also come in this chapter. It's also possible for someone in Baba to do something out of character. How will you know he's in Baba? That's why the symptoms that we're going to discuss here are important to know. Because if they're in place, even if something that somebody does something out of character, ah, we have another criterion by which to determine. Hmm? Oh, but all these things, observable symptoms are in place. Then for some reason... Hmm, what could that reason be? We'll get to this. Hmm? Very interesting point. But in Gyan, no, Gyan is not forgiving. Hmm? It's not forgiving. It's very harsh. Hmm? 
very harsh by comparing. Bhakti is soft-hearted, the very characteristic, the marginal characteristic of of Ruchibhishchidameshrana, as he defined Baba Bhakti in this chapter, softening of the heart. And Prem is also characterized marginally by a further softening of the heart, a melting of the heart. Hmm? So kindness to jivas, what to speak of the devotees, generosity, melting of the heart. Bhakti is very, very soft. Hmm? And gyan is very harsh, very hard. Hmm? It's hard to do, hmm? and it makes the heart hard also. I mean, if you if your sadhana is to go and stand in the Ganges in the month of Magh up to your neck at midnight until noon, at which time you go and sit surrounded by fires <laughs> to experience extremes of cold and heat, it could be a pretty irritable guy. <laughs> so <laughs> this is this is in, the, in iconography, uh, you know, and, uh, and so forth, and the and the. Um, Stories of the pranas. You 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 have the you have the Shiva principle, and he burns Cupid when when Cupid tries to distract him with his anger. Hmm? Is that what Krishna did? Kambijai in the Rasalila is called Kambijai. Hmm? Krishna he became the transcendental Cupid, and the Cupid. I mean, Cupid tried to distract Shiva. And Shiva's sitting on his, you know, his antelope skin, dressed in ashes, no one around, meditating. How are you going to get a guy like that to, you know, fall in love, you know, and succumb to, to calm? It's a pretty difficult task. Hmm? He tried, and Shiva became agitated, irritated, so he burned him. That didn't help, because Shiva's called Ananga has no arms, no limbs, he's invisible. Now Shiva made it worse is the, is the point. Hmm? So by Gyan, by Gyan you cannot, you cannot alone, you cannot overcome kama, hmm? desire. Hmm? It's a forced affair. Hmm? It's not possible entirely. And, 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 and arguably you may make the situation worse. This is the purport of this... Uh, uh, Shiva's burning Cupid. Now, now, great, thanks, Shiv. Now he's invisible. Mm. You can't see him coming. Just phew, hits you when you're, <laughs> without even knowing it. Huh? <laughs> yeah. But look at Krishna. Hmm? Cupid thought, man, this is an easy one. Here, the full moon is out in the harvest moon in the night. The most beautiful damsels in the world that put Lakshmi to shame and there are Lakshmi Sahasra Sata Sambrama. There are, there are Lakshmi Sahasra. There are thousands of Lakshmis and there are Sambrama. They're imbued with such affection and willingness to serve. Hmm? And one beautiful boy, dark, handsome, hmm? not too tall, but dark and handsome, hmm? <laughs> This is like a piece of cake, you know. And I have to, you know, I mean, it's already about to, I have to make, you know, I'll shoot my arrows. This is Pushpabhanaya. Hmm? Five arrows. Pushpabhanaya. Dimahi. Hmm? Yeah. All the senses. Five senses attacked by Cupid's arrows. And, and Krishna converted the whole, he became, 
he became the transcendental Cupid. Kam Vijay, Kam was conquered over. Hmm? Kam is the problem. Prikshit Marsh wanted to, wanted to hear the Bhagavatam hmm? to make a solution to life's problems. The whole problem is calm, is desire. Death is only a problem because we have desire. <laughs> we can't keep the things that we want. Can't can't get them. Hmm? And we want them, so it's a problem. Hmm? Sukadev had no desire. He was naked. So figured he had figured it out. And how did he figure it out? He had heard the Bhagavatam. Hmm? And the Bhagavatam reaches its peak in the Rasalila. Hmm? And there you find Kambijai. Hmm? This is this very positive approach to the problem. Hmm? Convert Cupid. How about that? <laughs> Make Cupid fall in love. Hmm? And introduce the transcendental Cupid. Puts the mundane Cupid to shame. Hmm? So, here, in this verse, from uh, 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 describing the Guru, Shabde Parechanishtanatam Brahmani Upashamashraya. Upashamashraya. And Brahmani. Upashamashraya can only be accomplished by Brahmani, by having real standing on the ground of being. Then you can, and again, this is accomplished readily by bhakti. Hmm? Jnana is there. It can only be efficacious in the full sense of the term and its goal can only be achieved with the admixture of bhakti. Even karma can only be effective in terms of producing its result if there's some bhakti. Yoga, only if there's some bhakti. This is pointed out throughout the Shastra. Hmm? Simple conclusion, well, why not just do bhakti then? Because you can get not only what you can get from Gyan, Yoga, Karma, but so much more, right? The power of the bhak- of bhakti. Hmm? So, who has comprehensive understanding of the Shastra from a theistic perspective means who's a devotee and has standing then in Brahman, in relation to Param Brahma, it means this person externally will exhibit the symptoms of Upashamashray, which is supernatural. Hmm? who's risen above the human passion, which is the goal of everybody. Everybody's goal is to be a nice person, to love your neighbor like yourself. You can only do this through through sadhana, really. Hmm? Hmm? So, when we meet a person like this in Prabhupada, as an example. Hmm? Amongst all these gurus that came, you can say whatever you want about Prabhupada. He didn't speak esoterically enough for some people. He tended to speak sometimes in a black and white way to give a handle that you could actually grab on and start to practice and get some experience was his idea, how he was moved, I should say, by Krishna to preach in a certain way. Hmm? But his moral character was impeccable. No one, no one has, there's never any you know, question about that. And he had thousands of disciples and female disciples and money, buildings came to him and so forth. Pujapad Sridhar Maharaj used to say, you know, I lived in his house for six years. He was such a simple, you know, beautiful and profound devotee, but simple in nature. And he came back with all this, like, you know, white elephants and, you know, you know, entourage and temples and so on and so forth. It was, it was incredible to witness, he said. I could understand. 
something happened to him on that Jaladuta. Hmm? Something happened. He told us, Nityananda Vesha. Hmm? He got the empowerment of Nityananda Prabhu. He was a, he was a he was a man with a mission, something like that. <laughs> but in all of this, hmm, right, he was in, a, in America. One of Prabhupada's gabbas had gone to England, sent by Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthakura, and came back and said, they have questions that we cannot answer. Sridhar said, what are those questions? He, he was there. Uh, Bhaktisiddhanta was not happy to hear that. Hmm, that's another whole long story. Uh, uh, but, but Prabhupada, <laughs> he, Prabhupada said he had all the answers, even when he didn't have them, you know, technically. He said, just bring them, I'll, I'll answer them, you know, bring any scientist, whatever. He had this kind of feeling for the whole thing, obviously. Hmm. He's good. He could be very convincing and very charming. Hmm. Um, so, anyway, he, he was a good example. Upasha Mashray, never... Hmm. I remember once I was I heard a story. Who was it? Malati, maybe, was serving him prashad in in Bengal, cooking for him and serving. And one godbrother came for lunch, and she's serving. Once I once I was in South India in the Shringamarsh's ashram, and one of Puri Pramod Puri Marj's disciples was there, taking prashad. He was a sannyasi. We were talking, and uh, he said, "This is very nice prasad." And uh, and I think Nishing Mar said, "Yes, um, you know, uh, such and such Devi, she's a very good cook." And he went, "Ah, uh, I'm eating something cooked by a woman." You know, I'm looking at him. Said, "You're eating prasadam uh, accepted by Krishna." You know, so. <laughs> Anyway, Prabhupada's there, and Gus Godbrother comes in, and you know they're sannyasis, so they have some etiquette uh, and so on, um, um, as celibates and renunciates and, and and so on. But there, Prabhupada's being served, and the, and the other, and he says, Prabhupada looks, and you know he can read his mind that he's like, what's going on here, you know? And Prabhupada said, that girl, she would cut off her arm for me, cut her throat. Cut her throat. He would cut her throat for me. Sit, take prashad. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he said, uh, I would uh, cut mine for her. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, he once told me, I told a story the other day, when I was young, and I, I took sannyasa at 25, so that's 40 years ago. Hmm? And just after I'd taken sannyas, we were in New York in the 11th story of Prophet's skyscraper building. And I was alone with Prophet, and Prophet said, Have you seen the New York women? And I thought, Well, I don't know how am I supposed to answer this. Is, is he testing me or what? He said, They are so beautiful. And then he just began talking, kept talking. He said, And all the buildings like this, and the cars are moving, and it's all because of the beautiful women in New York. He said, This is Vishnu Maya. Making the world go around. It was very fascinating. To he was just like meditating on the New York women and in, in the fully Krishna conscious um, state of mind. Vishvam purnam sukhayate, Vishwanath says, and the world becomes an abode of joy from the bhakti perspective. Hmm? So he's a good example, and this is a good point 
hmm, that, I'm, <laughs> that the, the scriptures are making. The Goswamis like this verse to describe the Guru because it speaks about observable symptoms. Hmm? Observable symptoms. These are the base symptoms. Brahmani Upashamashraya, to rise above the human passions. Vracho Vegam, Manasakroda Vegam, Jiva Vegam, Udrapasta Vegam. Etan Veganyo Vasahita Dira Sarvam Abhimantipitivim Sashishat. This is the beginning of Upadeshamrita, who controls the six urges, this person. Pritivim Sashishat, the world becomes his disciple. Because hmm? he's risen above the lords of the world, the sensual urges and so forth. I mean, this, is, this isn't about high ideals of bhakti. And my guru is in the kunja with Radha hmm? and tasting you know, the, the manjari bhav and therefore whatever he says is right. And, well, we can't really verify that very well. We can't really see that. Uh, that would say, you can say whatever you want and you can believe whatever you want and it, and it may be true and it's good and so forth, but, but we have only hmm, some, for the most part, observable external symptoms to go by. Otherwise, it takes one to know one. Hmm? When you go there, then you can know, oh, and my guru has this. But we will think, of course, in the context of bhakti, if these observable symptoms are in place, there must be more. Hmm? Because of the context by which they've come into place hmm? in the culture of bhakti. Hmm? The senses are controlled and so forth. Hmm? So, you know, people say, well, how can we verify some spiritual guy's inner experience? He talked with God. He realized he was eternal. You know, it's probably a hallucination. But if there are these observable symptoms at the same time, then that person has to be taken seriously, that he is supernatural. He's risen above the natural world, the animalism, if you will. From animal animality to humanity to, to, to spirituality. So, here, also, with regard to the ankur, the sprout of bhav, Rupa Goswami has very wisely brought to our attention observable symptoms hmm, that we can look at and determine, hmm, ah, such a, such, such a state has been attained. He doesn't say, and in one whose hairs are standing on end and is falling on the ground and swooning. And uh, he doesn't say that. These are the sattvika, sattvika bhavas. But as he'll go on to say after this section, they may appear in people that don't have, have bhava at all, hmm? that have a semblance of that, an abhas of that, a reflection of that, a shadow of that, and so on. He'll explain all. It's a beautiful book to go into and analyze ecstasy. We did it years ago. We, we, when I first started our uh, sangha, we published a magazine named Clarion Call. And uh, we tried to make each magazine was, was thematic, so we had a principal theme. And one of them we did on ecstasy. And there was a picture of Mahaprabhu on the front cover. Ecstasy was, you know, there in big letters. It was our biggest seller. Hmm? I didn't know at the time there was a drug called ecstasy. Also, I had been out of the drug scene for a while. <laughs> it came later. So, uh, but it's a popular subject, you know. And, and here, and you can find people, the hugging ecstasy lady and so on and so forth. And if you study carefully, you can see, oh, this is the kind of rati abhas that 
she might have or he might have. And so it's a very, therefore, probably called kind of a science of bhakti. Mm. A great debt we owe to Rupa Goswami for such uh, a, a, comp- a comprehensive explanation. And he begins here now with the symptoms. So he says, Shanti Ravyata Kalatvam Viraktir Manasunyata. Ashabandha Samutkanta Nama Gane Sadaruchi Asaktistad Gunakyani Pritistad Basatistale Iti Adjo Bhavasur Jata Babon Kurejane. So there's a number of them here, I don't know, eight, nine, nine of them, I believe. Hmm? Nine symptoms, prelim, preliminary symptoms, or the symptoms of the sprout of above. And these are observable. So it's a very pragmatic um, explanation. And again, I see this all the time. People want to tell me their guru is, you know, Chudamani, this, every superlative, and it, that's appropriate. On the part of the disciple, but we only have the external symptoms to go by, and that includes: Does he speak? Does she speak according to shastra? Hmm. You say, well, you know, my guru is in the kunj with Radha, and he said this. I said, well, you know, that's okay, but the Bhagavad Gita says this. Hmm. I don't mean to criticize; I'm just telling you what the Bhagavad Gita says. So, this is the standard, hmm? if you will. There's a standard of knowledge. So. If I say something and it's it's not according to the scripture, then you should point that out to me. If you're that astute, I will appreciate that. Hmm? Um, that's the teaching. The Prabhupada taught us this way also. Hmm? Prabhupada sometimes might say one thing and another place say the opposite of that. So we have to look and see why he might have said that according to time and circumstances and what the siddhanta is. And He taught us to, to have a spiritual intellect and think like this, that his credibility drew from his accurately representing the founding acharyas who wrote the, the Shastras, the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, the Brihat Bhagavatamrita, the Chaitanya Charitamrita, hmm? the principal commentaries on the Bhagavatam, that his books all follow in the wake of and speak of in his time, of course, and extending into our times in a contemporary way hmm? with his Bhakti Vedanta purports. But he's not alone, right? He's part of a whole community, a lineage. Yeah. There's, a, there's a teaching. He's not making it up. He's extending it, carrying it on, extending it. Hmm? So, anyway, we go through these. Uh, Rupa Goswami will speak about some of them in some greater length and we'll give examples and some not. The first one, I don't know if we have time for it. What time is it? The first one is very interesting. But we don't have time for it, but we'll talk about it tomorrow. <laughs> Chantir, it means forbearance. It also means forgiveness. Hmm? It speaks of a level of, uh, of uh, acceptance of one's fate. The example is Raj Parikshit. Hmm? And the story of how he was, how he, how he, how he cursed. What is his name? Samika? The Rishi. Samika. Shringi. Who was the son? Shringi was the son? Yeah. So he, he cursed, the king cursed the sage. Hmm? How unbecoming. Hmm? 
and and how 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 Parikshit could, you see, this is an example. Parikshit did something very out of character, hmm? very out of character. He did, hmm? but what was the result? Hmm? Bhagavatam was spoken. Hmm? So this is Krishna's arrangement. Hmm? So someone, an exalted devotee, can sometimes do something out of character. Hmm? It happens, but there may be higher reasons for that. Hmm? So we have to look at the, at the result. Hmm. Anyway, we won't go into it, but it's a beautiful story, a beautiful uh, uh, example, how the Raj seemed to lose it, and then how he seemed to deal with the curse, and so forth. It gave us the Bhagavad an example of his forbearance, and, and as I say, the word also implies forgiveness. So you, you just took it, okay. And now I have to die in seven days. I put a snake on a sage, so a snake will kill me. Let it be. Let it be. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. That's the very verse Rupa Goswami cites here as an as a, exemplify this, this quality. Chantier, hmm. that nineteenth chapter, eighteen nineteenth chapter of uh, first canto, yeah. Let him go. And the and the king who was thirsty and wanted the sage to give him water, but the sage was in in, in trance. Hmm. Suddenly, the king who was affected by thirst fasted from food and drink from seven days and nights hearing the Bhagavatam. So he acted out of character for a moment by Krishna's arrangement for a huge benefit to all of us, right? The Bhagavatam might be heard. This is the idea. Hmm? How can a guy that can sit down and hear the Bhagavatam for seven days and night without even thinking about eating be subject to, to thirst and an anger because he's not Hey, I'm thirsty. Bring the water. So, special arrangement. But and his whole response to it. Oh, it's so characteristic of of what's being described here. Let it happen. Hmm? It's Krishna's arrangement. He he, he was saying the environment is friendly. Hmm? People will be running from such a curse. Oh my God! How try to counteract it? And he could have counteracted it, King, but didn't. Hmm? Let it happen. And Sukadev came to speak to Bhagavatam. So forbearance, forgiveness, some measure of, 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 of tolerance. This is one of the symptoms. And devotees will be put into difficult situations. I can testify to that. So many difficult situations. Or even devotees turn against you. You know you're right. You know you're right. You have to go alone, naked, on the strength of your faith alone. It happens. For your glory. Hare Krishna. So, we'll go into this anyway. These, this kind of an introduction to this section here tonight as, as the course went, course of the class. Tomorrow we'll go through the, we'll start to go through them. Any questions? Yes. Uh, I think I'm misunderstanding. Asakti, then, is not really... You spoke of the budding of spy at the stage of Bob. So I'm, I'm misunderstood. What, 
I thought a sakti was like a glimmer of, of what the sky was. <laughs> it's like, let's say you plant a seed. Hmm? Okay. This is sadhana bhakti. Bhakti latta beej, right? Hmm? I'll give a way of thinking about it. You, the bhakti latta beej is planted in the heart. So what happens when you plant a seed in the ground? Nothing. You go and look. There's nothing happening. You're waiting every day. Hmm? But at a certain point in the cultivation of that seed with water, fertilizer, whatever, hmm? cow dung, light, and so forth, at a certain point, invisible, underground still, something happens. Little roots come out. So this is ruchi, in a sense, because in ruchi, nadanam nadanam nasundarim kavitam va jagadish kami. One has no material desire. This is shuddha, and mama janmani janmani shvari babatad bhakti rohitakitvai. Only desire for bhakti. So he has some footing, if you will, in the world of bhakti by way of attachment to bhakti. And no attachment for anything else. Attachment to bhakti, that attachment will be specific. Because bhakti is coming to him in a particular way. In terms of a sentiment in which that devotee will love Krishna. So then then it starts going up too. First the seed, the roots go down and then the plant starts coming up. So it's like asak ruchi is attachment to bhakti, hmm? and then the seed coming up, the sprout coming up before it comes above the ground, it's still coming up underground, and this is attachment to the object of bhakti. That's why I say ruchi has to be specific because it corresponds with a specific object, Krishna in sakirasa or Krishna in madhuryarasa, hmm? and the certain qualities of Krishna will will appear prominent to the sakya eye and others to the Madhurya eye. Hmm? So this is something going on, but now in Baba, it's up above the ground. Hmm? So it's... At that point it becomes apparent to the sadhaka. It's, yeah, well, so I guess what you're saying is we say it's glimpsed, one knows, one becomes attached to that concept, that... That the, that 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 uh, that um, that form of Krishna, but yes, in, 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 there's a significant ingress of samvit and ladini, and now it's a hands-on internal culture of that. Hmm. Specific. Yeah. At Baba. Yeah, but it's, but it's, it's specific at Asakti too. But it's it is. yeah, yeah. It's not general. It could be specific at Nishta. With a theory, hmm? with ruchi, with taste, in asakti, with attachment, and with bhava, it just goes to another level. Hmm? Hmm. What else? Any other question? I sort of have a follow-up. You talk about these these three symptoms of this budding bhava that a person feels that they know them. They know their identity and that they they feel that their service is being accepted as Lila Seva. Is that 
also in, in Ruchi, is that the part of that budding? Beginning of that. See, underground. Shreya Kairava Chandra something coming from the other side, substantial. So these are higher stages of, of sadhana bhakti, ruchi, asakti, hmm. and then bhav. Anything else? In bhav, then, the symptoms will start to come also. Two symptoms in the beginning, according to the tantra, and Rupa Goswami quotes them, repilation, tears. Hmm. And he'll explain here too. They'll be checked and so forth. They're, so... You can say that they're coming regularly in a way that they wouldn't be in earlier earlier stages. Sattvika bhikars, sattvika bhavs, sanchari bhavs. All these bhavas are in play then. All right. We stop there. Shishi Gorada Madhava ki jai. Rupa Goswami Prabhupad ki jai. Isi Bhakti Vedanta Sami Prabhupad ki jai. Shri Bhakti Ratak Shida Dev Goswami Maharaj ki jai. Shri Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur Prabhupad ki jai. Shri Bhakti Vinod Paribar ki jai. Gaur Bhakti Vrinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi. Shri Guru Maharaj ki jai.